James McDonald has slept maybe 10 hours in the past three days. The 31-year-old entrepreneur says he went to bed at 3 a.m. last night. But as I watch him at work, it's impossible to tell. He hasn't missed a beat. Just text me. And then, and then when you're ready, you can go in the office and like work on the videos. He also hasn't taken his hands off his keyboard. For several minutes, James's eyes are fixed on his laptop, and his Brooklyn studio is filled with the sounds of clicking and typing. Finally, he lowers his screen and looks up. My check, my check. Microphone checker, one, two, what is this? Five, seven nigga with the roughneck business. James is ready to talk. I'm Chio Moana, and this is Onomatopoeia, a podcast about the people and places of New York City. In this episode, more for us, the restorative power of community. To put it plainly, James McDonald is an idea man. From experiential events, to brand partnerships, to product creation, there's nothing he hasn't thought of. And today, I get to chat with him inside of one of his best ideas yet. I'm the owner and creator of Basque and Basque Studios, you know, Black-owned creative agency, studio, collective. James founded Basque in 2016. It started as an event production company, but now it's a creative agency that doubles as a studio and event space for creators and brands, many of whom are people of color. I want to provide more spaces for Black and brown people to create and just exist and come together. James is wearing a brown trucker hat. The words more for us are written in puffy cream-colored bubble lettering. It's a nice hat, but James tells me it's not just for fashion. It's the Basque ethos. I'm providing more space, more opportunity, more grace, more understanding, more experience. All things he desperately needed at the start of his career in his early 20s. My experience at corporate America was tragic. Before Basque, James lived the corporate life, and he hated it with every fiber of his being. He was usually the only Black man in the room, and microaggressions were a daily occurrence. On top of that, his ADHD symptoms were regularly mistaken for laziness or inattentiveness, and he'd be publicly chastised, sometimes even punished. It was a bad time all around. Both made me feel uncomfortable, inadequate, unequipped, out of place, not intelligent, you know, like I was supposed to be grateful to be there. So he quit. And he decided to take a chance on not only himself, but on all other creatives of color who have ever felt like they didn't belong. Being a part of Basque has transformed me as a person and a professional. That's Monet Jeffries. Just as she was ready to quit photography, James invited her into the fold. Now, about a year later, Monet is an in-house Basque photographer with clients of her own and a new project on the way. Monet's story, and the stories of many others who have discovered or rediscovered themselves at Basque, make me wonder where James developed such a deep understanding of the impact of community. Um, it's funny, this L line, I've literally thrown a party on almost every stop between Jefferson and Bedford. James and I are on our way to his old neighborhood in the Lower East Side. We hop off the trains at Avenue A and begin our trek towards the Jacob Reese houses. That's where James used to live. On the way, we pop into a basketball game at his old community center, the Boys and Girls Republic. James introduces me to Louis Cheka, the center's recreation program developer, and maybe more importantly, his older brother figure. Louis is not at all surprised that James is receiving attention for his community work. He's always been part of the community. He's always he's grew up in the community. You know? Started down here, yeah. It's in his blood, it's in his roots. Throughout our walk, 
Every other building, park, or street corner triggers fond memories of James's childhood in the Lower East Side. We're at my preschool. The first nursery I went to, Virginia Daycare. But when we finally make it to the front of his old building, one memory in particular gives him pause. Grandmother used to sit outside here all the time. I'm talking about this bench, that bench, this bench. Actually, I could show you something real quick. James pulls out his phone to show me an old photo of him and his late grandmother. He directs my eyes to one more bench. That's right here, me and my grandmother. I look back at the photo. James's cheeky smile stretches from ear to ear as he sits next to one of the first women to ever steal his heart. It's clear the two are bonded by a love that, in his own words, has never been so easy. And that love lived here, at Jacob Reese. James is deep in thought as we walk back to the train. Suddenly, he has an epiphany. It all aligns, like, from my exposure to community, to my interest in bringing people together of color, to my, my real love for not just my people, but, you know, the people around me. Community comes so naturally to him because it's all he's ever known. My first taste of that or seeing that was here in Jacob Reese. This is where he first came to understand what it means to love on and take care of others. And that understanding now serves as the foundation for Basque, James's love letter not only to black and brown creatives, but to the Lower East Side, to Jacob Reese. This episode of Onomatopoeia was created by me, Chiomawana. Onomatopoeia is a production of the Columbia Graduate School of Journalism. Joanne Farian is our executive producer and professor. Original theme music by Lee Feldman. Additional music by Blue Dot Sessions. Our graphic was created by Sunny Bean. Special thanks to Columbia Libraries. Can y'all say more for us? More for us. That sounded really sad. More for us. 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 Two. One. More for us! Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to turn that down.